and, and then they saw me in a bra, and that was exactly. it. What is going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You are listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. Thanks for joining us. So this week's episode is MTV Unplugged Pearl Jam. It's yes. so fucking badass. Oh, dude, it's one of the, my favorite concerts ever. I remember having this on uh, VHS. You know, I was 14 years old when this came out. Um. I remember dubbing it on my on my VCR and wearing that tape out. Oh yeah, totally. Because to this day, it's still. Oh, we've got other things to talk about first, but for me, it's still. I I think their best live performance ever captured. I would just off the top of my head, I'd agree with you. I, I mean, mean, there's other great ones like yeah. some of the SNL stuff, VMA yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, but as far as them, I think, yeah, let's get it. We'll get into that when we talk about the actual episode, but (laughs) yeah, um, let's start with some listener emails. I got to write a jingle for that still. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. I'm so, I don't know. Um, (laughs) so the first one, uh, I'm going to try again at pronunciation here. Um, it's Janan. I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. I listened to the link that you sent. With the pronunciation, both Brad and I did. Um, so I'm assuming when you said that I got it right my first try last time, except for the first letter, uh, it's kind of a J sound instead of a, a hard C. So I'm going to go with Janan. I almost heard like a T sound. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm a dumb American. <laughs> I, I only speak American, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we're doing our best. So. I want to get it right. It's yeah. a kind of a mission for me now. I want to say her name correctly. Now that that thing she sent, that's not her saying it, right? That's like a computer saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's we have to use it at the studio for um, oh, okay 
for all kinds of stuff. It's you can just type in a word. Yeah. There's a couple websites and it uh, gives you the correct correct pronunciation. Yeah. So that's what she used, um, which was really cool of her to do. So yeah. thank you, John. Uh, she's from Turkey, as we've said. But I also wanted to read a list, kind of a shout out. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but we can see where in the world people are downloading our episodes. And one of the cool things and one of the hopes that Brad and I both had for this podcast is that it would kind of bring connections uh, to people that it never would have happened before, right? So now we've got this conversation going on with Janan. We've got you know people from Ireland that have been writing in, all kinds of stuff, right? And in, in the States as well. But we've got the U.S., this is a cool list, I think. Canada, Israel, Australia, Ireland, Japan, Sweden, Turkey, Denmark, Brazil, Belgium, Germany, United Arab Emirates, New Zealand. I'm no, I'm missing some uh, South Africa, Africa, South Africa, man. Um, I don't think that there's a continent that hasn't. You know, obviously, I don't Russia? think people in China in are listening. There's a lot of restrictions on what you're allowed to do there. Was there any in Russia? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I I think it's the same situation there. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like asking if anyone from North Korea has downloaded the episode. Yeah. Just they don't have the (laughs) the opportunity to. So um, I just want to say this is so cool for us. We love talking to you guys. Um, I want to keep the conversations going. Like I said before, um, well, first of all, I'm sick. Uh, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm getting a little bit better, and my head's a little bit swimmy, and I'm a lot of, on a lot of cold medicine. So if I sound rambly and too talky, uh, I, I apologize. I'll, try, ahead I'll of time. try to rein you in. Yeah, there you go. You can be my my sanity marker. Um, <laughs> I, I tried. What's that? I tried. When? Earlier. Just now? I was oh. momming you. Oh yeah, you were mom and me, <laughs> pretty hard too. Yeah, send I some like emails it, out in. Of love. Send some. We need. I need. I need people to send some emails in, specifically to to Lions to tell him to go see a doctor. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'll take. No, that. but seriously, I mean, this we like text each other back and forth all the time about how cool it is that the show is growing. Yeah. You know? Um. And just this new thing that can show us all over the world. The world, dude. I mean, it's crazy. Like you just read. I mean, it's it's really cool. So in the, in the, just, uh, the countries I read on this list, I'm not saying like these aren't like, you know, they got two downloads. These are like hundreds of downloads right. from these other countries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, through I, the other cool thing is I feel like there's. Maybe I just wasn't aware of it before, but I've been a podcast nerd for, for I was an early adopter with the podcast thing. I've been doing it for a long time as far as li- being a listener. Um, but there's so many cool music podcast band podcasts out right now. Like I feel like a big part of our listenership growing is stuff like obviously metal, metal up your podcast with Clinton Ethan. They've been so gracious and kind and mentioning us, um, on their episodes yeah. and we're going to continue to do that for them because not just as a, like a, you know, quid pro quo, quo it's, it's like, I love their podcast. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> it's a great podcast. Yeah, you know? they, I mean, I, just like we want people to listen to this. I mean, I want people to listen to 
metal up your podcast. Absolutely. You know, so, and they mentioned us just on the Tom Petty episode. Absolutely. Because of the um, Eddie Vedder connection. So, yeah, um, you've, you've got Tom from Alpha Metallica. Yeah. Who's doing a great job, a different kind of take on a Metallica podcast, which I love. It's it's two different flavors going on, you know? Right. Yeah, totally it, different formats, but both really good. Really know, insightful. Yeah. Um, I love how Tom brings, you know, a different person every time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I find myself, which is a good thing, I find myself listening to that podcast and someone saying something just and just being like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? St. <laughs> Anger's good. Yeah, what are yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good thing. That it, it's a sign of a good podcast when it can get me emotionally riled up. You know, yeah. um, there's there's a great kiss podcast. Uh, I should have written it down, but uh, I believe it's uh, Detroit Podcast City. I'll have to check that and I'll I'll. I'll edit something in if yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, drop, drop something drop in. Drop something in. Hey, everybody. It's Brad L. And wow, I'm editing this episode, and the cold medicine is having more effect than I thought. I need to correct myself. It's Podcast Rock City because I'm a dum-dum. Moving on. The point is, I feel like there's a growing community, not just with us, with our fans, but also the other music co- uh, podcasts that are going on, you know, yeah. the support that's there, um, helping each other get better at what we do, because um, that's the goal. So thank thank you to all those podcasts, and thank you to all the, you that listen and download every week and write into us. We really, really appreciate it. Definitely. And especially, yeah, you know, thank you. If we're having a bad week, it's I love checking my email and seeing something in that inbox. You know, yeah, yeah. it's always it, exciting. Uh, let me just end that real quick by saying, you know, a lot of people, I think, came to us through Clint and Ethan at mm-hmm. Metal Up Your Podcast. Absolutely, um, but Ethan also has his own separate show that he kind of does sporadically. Yeah, um, and I just want to let people know, fans of of Metal Up Your Podcast, if you like those two dudes. Check out Ethan's podcast when he had Clint on yeah. before uh, they started the Metallica one because it is. If you like those dudes, you're gonna love this episode. I was I was laughing like every five minutes. So, it's great, they, man. They talk about all kind of different bands and, and and stuff. So he's had two of my best friends on that episode or on that podcast. Uh, he's had Clint. He's had my friend Matthew Mayfield. Um, and a bunch of, it's cool. It's a cool podcast too, because even if you don't know who the person is, it's still a good listen. Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. Or is, is it pirate satellite? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out <laughs> again. If you want to write in, please do. Our email address is uh single podcast theory at gmail.com. Our Instagram is single podcast theory our twitter is at pearl jam podcast uh you can get us on facebook youtube um there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us or send us messages you know what reminds me really quick yeah somebody posted i think i think it was on reddit and he said that he couldn't find the show on google play i should have told you this before okay just reminded me of it now i don't know i'll look into it yeah you're like the brains behind this i don't know if that's something he's doing wrong or if if so if anyone knows <laughs> well, how to how to work google play uh, or if anyone knows that can check and see that it's if you're listening on google play let us know yeah so i can tell this dude 
other people have found us, maybe you're doing something wrong, or if you can it, look into it, or we definitely need to know if it's not yeah. if it's not there yeah. because I was under the understanding that our host service that puts does it, this puts it uh, up on everything. W- yeah, yeah, that Google Play was included. Yeah. So I'll check that it, out. And it it might have something to do like I tried looking into it, mm-hmm. but I think it has something to do with me having an iPhone that. Is yeah, Google, you can't do Google, it. On your iPhone. You can't do anything that's Google. I don't know. <laughs> well, you can, but I don't think you, you can't search Google Play. So yeah, okay. I'll look into it. Um, all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right, cool. Let's get back to the emails yes. and then get into unplugged. Yeah. Uh, so Janan wrote in. Um, I'm not going to read it all of it word for word, um, but she had mentioned before um, that she has a blog. And she had uh, written a post about or blog post about Yellow Moon. Uh, I couldn't find it at first, and then I did find it. And she was nice enough to send us a link. And she also uh, translated it to English because she had written everything in Turkish. Um, or I don't know if it's Turkish or Arabic, but um, again, I'm a, I'm a dumb American. <laughs> um, anyway, so she said, uh, I felt so happy when you read my email on Monday. And by the way, you know. English is not her primary language, and she writes beautifully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know She's I mean? killing like, She speaks way better than I speak Turkish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, I felt so happy when you read my mail, uh, my email. On Monday, I was on the bus going back home after, after a job interview. I hope it went well. Uh, when you started reading my mail, I was so happy that I couldn't stop smiling uh, without even caring what people on the bus would think about me. It feels good that this connection between us through the podcast is turning into a real communication. I was surprised to hear that Brad Lyon's parents used to live in Izmir. What a small world. I wonder why they lived there. I've been in Iz- uh, I- I've been to Izmir this summer. It's a beautiful city. I hope you come here one day and I will host you. And you too, Brad Blazik. Uh, I didn't know anything about Bald Bull. I searched and found out he was a video game character. A very ugly one. <laughs> Which is true. And yeah, we, by the way, we meant nothing by that. Right. Yeah, um, I, you know, I feel bad now that, like, that's, I don't know, just ignorant, stupid, fat American. That's all I know about Turkey is Bald Bull. Yeah. You know, so I hope she wasn't offended. No, I mean, I think it <laughs> I just came across as what it was. It was yeah, just good yeah. fun. But All right. um, yeah, so my parents, uh, just real quick to answer that question, uh, my parents both grew up overseas. They were born in America. Um, but at that time, so like my dad's lived in Germany, Morocco, Bermuda. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I can't think of everything else. Uh, and then obviously Turkey. That's where he went to high school. My mom... Uh, lived all over the place as well growing up and that's where she went to high school and that's where they met when they were 14 and 15 and they have been together ever since so nice they quit high school and moved back to we're we're a midwestern family moved back to missouri and went got married and went to uh university of missouri and then uh i accidentally happened (laughs) (laughs) their freshman year of college so there's that um, but yeah, man, I, I grew up with tons of pictures and, um, you know, stuff around the house that they had, that bought from Turkey and just all kinds of stuff. That's so cool. I'm as familiar as you can be with, uh, at least that part of Turkey, uh, without having been there. I, I always wished I'd been able to go. So yeah. maybe it'll happen one day. Um, then she says, uh, yeah, so she, she gave us the translation. I'm going to read it real quick since we don't have a lot of emails this week. Uh, it says, Yellow Moon, 
Last night I was watching the moon rising from the east. Big yellow face of the moon that could be seen when it rises and sets is one of the things in the world that I would never get tired of. You cannot see the yellow moon every night because it takes that shape and color only when it is close to the horizon. For a few years now, each time I see yellow moon, a certain song starts playing in my head. Yellow moon on the rise. Mostly I end up singing or listening to that song. Although it sounds, peace- although it sounds peaceful and jolly, yellow moon's lyrics evoke death. Most, most probably, Eddie Vedder did not write the lyrics to that song while looking at a pale night sky of a city. For he says, here, far away, one could feel the earth vibrate. He must have been in a far, pla- uh, far place where he could see all visible stars and planets and where he could feel the earth and the sky. He says, the sky grows dark with fallen stars. So he must have stayed there until the sunrise and watched the stars going down and disappearing. Maybe solitude reminded him of death, and that is why he wrote, Who'd come so far? A headstone engraved. The colors turn gray. The black and white fades. Maybe there was a gravestone nearby, or or the same, or maybe he remembered, oh my god, I'm butchering this now, or maybe he remembered a gravestone he saw somewhere. He wrote Sirens, another song in the same album which also has death-related lyrics, after he heard Sirens all night near the hotel he was staying in. But maybe he thought about death subconsciously, and Sirens and Headstones just triggered those thoughts he already had. Every time I watch the stars on the terrace, I wish to be on the seashore or in the middle of a desert instead of a city I live in, or, or this city I live in. I wish to be in a place where beautiful songs like Yellow Moon can be written. We are stuck in cities until we die. Our spaces shrink each day. Forests are cut down, rivers get dried out, air we breathe gets more and more polluted. Seeing the yellow moon in the sky is some sort of a consolation prize that our modern lives offer to us. That's pretty fucking awesome. It, it's, I love it. <laughs> Dude. I, I mean, it's, it's very poetic. And I just love her trying to get into Eddie's head at where he was when he wrote the stuff and just the, you know, what she's saying, you know, about, um, just being, you know, almost in a, like a calm, serene graveyard writing these lyrics, you know what I mean? And just, just, I don't know, just what she was saying there is, is it's, pretty poetic to me almost like song lyrics <laughs> absolutely her, herself you know what i'm saying yeah sure it's really you can cool. totally take what she wrote and turn it into definitely, a song you know definitely i just love the idea of i just love how differently people process songs yeah and th- that's one of the things that i'm loving about doing this podcast is is stuff like this mm-hmm. like she has totally made me want to sit down and listen to that song yeah. And she's totally kind of changed my the feeling I get when I listen to that song even though we just got that email today, I think. Oh, yeah, I think it was. Um I don't know, man. I just yeah. this is another reason why I love people writing in and yeah. uh, I really appreciate her sharing that and letting us read it on the air and it's really beautiful. So, um cuz she even said that's it it's for now. I think you shouldn't read this one on the podcast if you don't want other listeners to get bored with these personal details. I couldn't disagree more. I yeah. understand your apprehension, but... Um, yeah, it's hard to, to <clears throat> kind of pour your heart out there, but I mean, I'm not bored by it. I, I love it. I love it. I think some of, the, <laughs> some of the things she came up with... I mean, seeing the yellow moon on the sky is some sort of a consolation prize. Right. I mean, that's 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 
right out of a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that hasn't sure. been written yet. So keep um, that was that was pretty cool. Well, and just the idea of of modernity and the way that the zeitgeist changes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and she's getting into kind of political stuff too, which I love. Which you know is so Eddie as well. Right. You know? Um. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot to dig into those three paragraphs, you know? Yeah. Uh, She also wrote, uh, I uh, I also wrote about Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder um, and Pearl Jim's friendship. I really want to, I really want you to make an episode on Chris Cornell. Well, that, that's definitely going to happen. Not only because we want to, but because that's not the first time we've heard that feedback. Right. So, yeah, um, it's going to be, it's, it's coming. Um, What, what you got next, man? Um, our, our good podcast friend, Kate Cotton has written in again. Kate, Kate, sorry. I'm the asshole that said Katie one time. (laughs) I'll never do it again. Um, yeah, she clarified that most people have called her Kate her whole life. So, um, she said, shout out to Dave. Um, yeah, man, that's, what was his last name? Oh God. Beer. Well, beer, it's the beer, beer Dave. Beer Dave. Yeah, Beer yeah. Dave. <laughs> We're just going to call him. We've got Bagel. We've got <laughs> <Yeah>. Beer Dave. <laughs> Shout out to Beer Dave uh, for his very well-articulated email. It really moved me, and I'm sure all of your listeners. Life can be shitty, and shitty things happen, and it hurts and sucks so much, but we all have so much to live for. The good will always outweigh the bad, and that's where the music comes into play. We have to let it inspire us to do good things for ourselves and others. If we keep that in mind, the shitheads of the world won't get us down. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Um, I also wanted to reach out to... (laughs) Now I'm going to butcher it. Janan. Janan. I also wanted to reach out to Janan from Turkey because I think I had a similar Pearl Jam experience to her. Backspacer was technically my first Pearl Jam album as well. And I too am always very surprised to hear that to hear it at the very bottom of people's ranking lists. Maybe it's a sentimental thing. I'm not sure. There is a lot I want to say in defense of it, but I'll keep my mouth shut and save all of those thoughts and feelings for the Backspacer episode whenever that may be, she says longingly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As a non-veteran fan, something I struggle with the most is this game of catch-up that I'm constantly playing. I've had to squeeze 27 years worth of fandom into the last two and a half years of my life. That's probably why I sound so excited all the time. An area where I fall behind are the bootlegs. I just got Pearl Jam Radio in my car, which has accessed me to a lot more of their live stuff, but it's pretty sporadic. However, the other day I had a bit of a drive and I got to listen to most of the March 95 show from Melbourne, Australia. And holy fuck, it made my head explode. Dude, that's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I need to check that out. Um, Do you have any advice on how to approach bootleg land, particularly the early to mid-90s stuff? I need more. Well, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah. And I know you're more the authority, but one thing I've been doing is, well, I use Apple Music. Right. Um, so I have literally downloaded every single, you know, official um, bootleg that's on iTunes. Yeah. And there's some great shit in there. Yeah. Um, well, I think the, only... the Melbourne one is in there as well. <clears throat> it um, is on there? 
I think so. Let me look because I feel I like I would say the, the only problem with that is there's not a lot of the early stuff. There's not. There's only like one or two from like 90. Yeah, I think 92. And there's one from uh, 91. I think I believe. it's 91 New Year's Eve show. Yeah. Which is which is awesome. Then I think it's one of the vault shows from 92, which is really good, too. That's great. Um but as far as anything else from the 90s, um, there's a site called Grummy.net, like Grummy Out of Control. But it's okay. G-R-U-M-M-I-E? No. Okay. <laughs> G-R-E-M-M-I-E. Oh, gotcha. It's the E, not a U. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they've got tons of stuff on there. Um, and, I mean, more than just the shows, there's all kinds of... Um, bootleg stuff, you know, Eddie stuff and singles and B-sides and stuff that's not easy to come by. So, I mean, if you can get onto streaming, there's, you know, there's a bunch of shows on there. And, you know, if you are kind of more savvy with uh, like that Grammy.net than I am, there's a bunch of stuff on there. Yeah. So. Well, and I would say... BitTorrent is another way to go. Yeah. But um, correcting myself, it was Adelaide, not Melbourne. What year is it? Uh, 2016. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. But. Yeah, man. And I, what I love about this email, too, sorry if you're not finished with it, but, you know, she's reaching out to two other listeners on yeah. the podcast. You yeah, know? that's, I mean, that's Dave crazy. and Janon. So the, yeah. I love those kind of connections happening. Yeah. So. Cool. Thank is you, that Kate. it from? That is it from Kate. Kate, cool. Um, I'm, I've decided that I'm only going to call her Katie when she says something that I really disagree with. <laughs> That's going to be the jam. Which hasn't happened yet. Right? Which has not happened. Yeah. I love her emails. Um, yeah. Thanks, Kate. Uh, then uh, for this week, this is my favorite email. It's from Bagel or Patrick Bogle. I'm going to keep calling him Bagel yeah. affectionately. Um, and last episode, I asked him, I was like, Bagel, what kind of bagel would you be if you're a bagel? And he wrote me back a six-word response, and I love it. He says, sun-dried tomato, which I love, and then the bagel abides. <laughs> the dude abides. <laughs> A fucking Big Lebowski <laughs> reference with a yes. bagel insert. Yes. That's that's brilliant. I love it. Thanks, Bagel. Thanks for writing in again. Um, are we moving on to... Is that it for emails? Are we moving on to form real quick? Um, I've got an email. I've got one more email. Oh, okay, cool. From Daniel Bethan? Yeah. Bethan? I don't... Yeah. Daniel. Daniel B. Daniel B. Uh, Danny Brad, B. Danny B. <clears throat> While reading the local newspaper the other day, I saw an article about podcasts. Since I have an uh, iPhone, the app was already installed. I was intrigued, and so the first thing I searched was Pearl Jam. I feel like this is a first date, and I have so much to say, but I need to hold back a little bit. <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the past three days, I have listened to a podcast every day, and I am smitten. 
Oh, Danny B. <laughs> I love it. I, I feel like people just don't understand how I could be so obsessed with Pearl Jam. Dude, we get it. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, I got 10 shortly after it came out. I was in the Army when Versus came out. I spent three weeks in the desert doing training, and my entire downtime was spent listening to it over and over. Life got in the way for a little while, and about 10 years ago, I picked up a few albums that I didn't get immediately when they came out. I think it's been about five years now that Pearl Jam is what I listen to daily. I love music, and I listen to other bands sometimes, but I always come back. I have a 35-minute ride to and from work, and inevitably I end up with Pearl Jam Radio. I have a very difficult time picking a favorite album. It varies. Uh, I have said that my Desert Island album would be Lost Dogs, an, an, an eclectic mix to say the least. Not sure if you've done it because I haven't listened to all the podcasts yet, but discussing it would make a great show. As far as songs go, there are so many, but Given to Fly, um, the St. Louis version with the sign language interpretation. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yellow Leadbetter and Present Tense are ones that always get me going. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Here, uh, hope to hear back from you guys, Daniel, Danny B, Buffalo, New York. So, uh, that's awesome, dude. Well, first Get of all, Daniel, welcome to the Single Podcast Theory family. I love it. I'm glad that you found it. Um, hopefully, you continue to listen and like what we're doing here. But uh, I really appreciate you sharing and writing all that in. So. Definitely. Um, and dude, yeah. his, his songs, Given to Fly, Yellow Lead Better, and Present Tense, I mean, those are those are up there with my favorites. See, someone's got to help me with Yellow Lead Better, man. Oh my God, what? Yeah. I'm not dude, saying it's that's... a bad song. Yeah. I just don't, I couldn't ever imagine putting it as one of my favorites. There's no really? lyrics. It's a, Jim, it's a Jimi Hendrix Little Wing <laughs> ripoff. Uh, well, if you're going to rip somebody off and rip off a song. I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not getting hostile here. I'm just uh, saying, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And I'm not judging the the opinion or that he loves that song. I, it's just everyone loves that song, and I don't dislike it, but I just don't – I haven't gotten – I don't know. I don't get to, the thing. You need to make up your own lyrics. Yeah. I think I did that when it first you, came out, yeah. and I had it on you know CD or whatever yeah. for, for a little bit, but I don't um, know. Daniel also posted on Facebook, on our Facebook page. Oh, cool. And <laughs> this just made me laugh so hard. Enjoying the B&B &B experience. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Hell yeah. I like that. The B&B &B experience. Yeah, so. We need to do like a sideshow. <laughs> yeah, that should be... Dude, we should do like a side podcast. It'll, you know what it'll the be? B&B experience. Yeah. All it will be, will be, it'll be all the stuff that I edit out from <laughs> the outtakes before. My, we, yeah, all of our outtakes from us that talking I say. <laughs> that's on tape. It's just going to be that. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the real B&B &B experience. Oh, dude, it's not pretty. <laughs> Pissing on floors. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to tell you my Brooklyn story. Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, I spent so much time in New York and I had so many crazy things happen there. It's like my second home, but there's some good embarrassing stories from that place. Anyway. Um, All right. Well, I digress. Not to bring everybody down, but, um, do <laughs> but you I'm know the, the St. Louis uh, show with the sign language, the lady that was doing sign language during Given to Fly? It's on the it's on the touring band video. You know uh -huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah. She passed away like two years ago. That what? moment. Yeah. 
Yeah. What happened? They just said she had an illness. You know, oh, they didn't really man. go into it, but yeah, it was. It's. I. I think I heard about it last year sometime. What the but, fuck? But yeah, I think it was March 2015. Huh. So, um, if you haven't seen that video, uh, you know what we do is maybe post that just because it's such a. I mean, she's down there doing sign language during "Given to Fly." She's kind of over on the side of the stage, and she's she's, she's so into it. it. Yeah, and if you remember during the end. Eddie goes over and I'm gonna start crying, man. Yeah, dude. When he's da- uh, yeah, yeah. Start, starts dancing with her. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so I get I it. Just when I was reading his email, and I, you know, I I read that part, and I'm like, oh, that it hit me, you know. Yeah. So. Man. Anyway. Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, we got anything else? Okay. From- Sorry. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel, we're we're we are also smitten with your. Absolutely. Email. And thank you for your service, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's see. Facebook, we got a message from um, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Capillo? Capillo? Um, oh, that's right. I meant to, I was going to, I was going to play the game. Uh, what was that from? You you texted me to me, didn't you? Because I'm one? on Facebook. What is it? Oh. Uh, oh, he said, uh, he says well, at the you end. go ahead and read it. Yeah, I'll read it. It's at the end. Hey there, Brad and Brad. Greetings from the land of Australia. Loving the podcast. I wish I could do the accent. Don't try. (laughs) Don't try. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. Good day, B&B. Aiden Aiden can do... He does a great British and a great Australian accent. I don't know where he gets it from. Anyway. Have him like... You should have him record this... uh, I will. This email and then drop it in. I'll do it. (laughs) Um, uh, okay uh you ahead. guys loving the podcast you guys have a great flow going on i've especially in, been enjoying the album episodes after each one i have felt an intense need to listen to said album after hearing the stories behind each song coupled with your technical insights on each makes for a really rich experience so thank you well you're welcome oh we do the same thing i do um and stop apologizing. This is for you, Brad. Stop apologizing for geeking out on the technical stuff. I, for one, love it and want to hear more of it. Me All right. too. So, I'll bring it. Yeah. I'll bring it until we get We're talk, someone uh, says shut up. Gibson GS Gold there you Tops. Go. Defender, <laughs> Defender Gold Top GS. Yeah, the, the Fender BC Rich knockoff. With Dude, the BC Rich, man. I got to get one of those. Chrome headstock. Uh, for example, learning all about how different recording room types and different mic setups for drum kits can change the sound so dramatically, like on the Vitology episode regarding the song Last Exit. It was super interesting. Keep on geeking it up. Cheers. P.S. This is this is for you. My last name is, is a hard one to pronounce, but I totally want to hear you guys try to figure it out before I even tell you. So. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to do my... my... This is what I think. I think it's Daniel Coppolo. Coppolo. Yep. Well, don't they do the, like, they don't, I've noticed they don't have <clears throat> the two different pronunciations of, um, what is it? Um, God, I'm so stupid. Vo- <laughs> not vowels. What's the other thing? Consonants? Consonants. Yeah, it is vowels. So the vowels, they... they t- <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. The vowels, they don't, there's not, uh, you know how there's two different ways of saying 
like um, <laughs> like A or like A. Right, okay? like harder soft yes. vowels. Yeah. They don't have the soft one. So like we would be braid and braid. There's no Brad and Brad. You see what I'm what? saying? What? Yeah. Really? Next time you listen to So yeah, you're saying someone, that it's Copolo? Yeah, Cope Cope Elo or Cope Copilo. Cope Elo. Yeah, Copilo. Copilo. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, just uh, just because you go with that one, I'm going to go with Copolo. I'm going Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm saying Cope Copilo. You're probably right. Cope, Whatever. I, dude, uh just like with turkey, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone with my fat American ignorance. I don't do it on purpose. I'm just trying to. You're like, I don't do it on purpose. I'm just really that dumb. I'm just dumb and ignorant. <laughs> you're not dumb, dude. It's not like, uh, uh, never mind. Yeah. You're not saying anything offensive. I don't Okay, think. good. Um, yes. All right, cool. Well, right. thank you so much, Daniel. Yes. I can't Daniel. wait to hear if we got your name right. So. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, anything we else, dude? We got that. Um, yes. We got Rummy, don't we? Rummy, real quick. Rummy, who doesn't want to be called Rummy? Oh, uh, what do you want to be is, called? This is from Matt. Matt. Okay, cool. Matt on the board. Matt, from Ontario. what's up? Matt, mate, mate. Uh, that's the Australian pronunciation. Mate, mate. That's about yeah, all I the got. The hard, the hard A. There you go. Great episodes about Wrigley. What a nice. Canadian Thanksgiving surprise when I went to get my weekly download and saw that there was a bonus episode waiting for me. Um, well, get ready because we have night two to do yep. soon. So um, about Let's Play 2, the album. It sounds great, but I've wondered whether whether the band should have used this release as an opportunity to put out a Greatest Hits live compilation. I know, I know, it's not what us hardcore fans would likely want. However, the full shows are being released next month, and a hits option might release a wider audience. I also think that's why they had the tracks on the album fade in and out, as opposed to sounding like a continuous show, to appease casual fans who might want to grab only a few songs off iTunes. Mm. Um, I think I think he's kind of hit on something here. Yeah. Um, they probably could have... They could have done like a two, a two album greatest hits live from yeah. these two shows. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but okay, about let's play to the movie. Haven't seen it yet, but hope to do so this weekend. Nice summary, and don't worry about spoil spoilers. It's not the type of movie that can be ru- ruined by revealing too much. It's not like you blurt it out. Sh- and I don't know, should I blurt this part out? <laughs> sure, I don't know what it is, but it, uh, it's a Star Wars spoiler. Are you a Star Wars guy? I was going to ask you the other yeah, day. Yeah, I am. Have you? Did you see the new trailer? Not yet. Oh, dude, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I saw. I mean, I was excited just for for the teaser for the trailer. Right. Yeah. yeah the the trailer for the trailer. Exactly. That it's coming out tomorrow. Um. Well, he says he says it's not like you blurted out about Han Solo getting offed by his own son. Oh, no, that's a- if you haven't seen that yet and you're <laughs> pissed about that, then that's your fault. Can I put out a my crazy conspiracy theory? I guess Han Solo is not dead. Oh, he's so dead. No, dude. Did you see his dead body? No. All right. That's all I had to say. Man, I cried too hard. <laughs> For him to not be dead. Uh, how happy are you going to be in the new movie? Mm, I thought it was uh, almost necessary for the plot that he died, but 
Well, we can talk I'm, about I that. I'm, pr- I'm probably wrong, but we can talk about that in the B and B experience. <laughs> yeah, the Star Wars episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, and he goes on to talk about uh, opening tracks. I think he's talking about me. You mentioned that if they're going to open with a slow song, you prefer hear- prefer hearing only Long Road release and Oceans. I agree, and two think low light is a peculiar choice to start off a concert. However, yeah. as a no code at the top of your list kind of dude, which I am, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't add sometimes to your list. I'm sure you'll agree that it's right up there with the other three. And dude, I 100% agree. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um, they opened with sometimes when I saw them in Fort Lauderdale Ooh. in 96. And dude, it was nuts. Dude. It was yeah. crazy. That that was, that crowd was crazy. The I don't, dude, the crowds like in the mid 90s were fucking insane. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Just so much energy. Yeah. But, uh, all right, stay cool, Matt. And he says, I wish Rummy wasn't my username anymore. I wonder if, <laughs> I guess you can't change There's your nothing username. wrong with it, but we will, yeah, I like we will it. definitely call you Matt. Yes. So, thanks, Matt. We appreciate it, dude. Oh, and real quick, he's, uh, a, a, a lot of people on the, on the porch. Um, they leave a signature of all the shows they've been to. And oh, yeah. he's got, um, you know, he's from Canada. Uh-huh. So you see him in Toronto, the the London, Canada show, Buffalo, Toronto. But then he's got Auckland, 98. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's a trip. I, yeah, dude. So, Matt, let me know what the fuck you were doing in New Zealand in 1998. Cause that's, I want to go to New Zealand so bad. Yeah. All right, man. Is that was that all of our correspondence? I th- yes, I think so. Let's get into fucking MTV Unplugged, man. Yes, I'm so psyched about this. Yeah. Um, so just a couple quick. Well, actually, it's just one fact. Um, it was recorded at uh, Astoria Studios in Queens. Uh, obviously, live taping, and it aired on March 16th, 1992. And it, again, it's so weird to think that I was 14 years old when this came out. <laughs> You know? Yeah. I was, uh, a I was fucking baby. 16? I was 16 going on 17. So crazy. So. Um, but it, it is forever just burned indelibly into my, my brain and my heart, this this performance. Yeah. Um, totally. Like I said, when we before we went to emails, like, I wore this shit out. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it's, now you've got on YouTube and whatever, you've got the full performance, which all this stuff wasn't on the, uh, the broadcast. Um, Right. They played, they, they, they played, uh, oceans and rocking in the free world, but that never aired. Right. Those two songs never aired, which after, you know, once you could get a hold of the oceans performance, which is so fucking good. Yeah. It was, uh, I was really disappointed that that wasn't part of the broadcast, but I understand. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I guess I'm a bad fan. I don't think I ever saw that version until like five or six years ago. Oh yeah. And when I saw it, I fucking flipped out because it was like, I never saw, I'm like, I'm getting new unplugged material. Right. And then it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not joking when I say that that unplugged version of Oceans is like the greatest piece of recorded music in history. It's I it's, just yeah, I it's the only version of his of Oceans to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's on a it's on a fucking different level when I listen to that song, that version of it. Well, and dude, I mean, just just some we'll talk about some general shit 
you know, before we get into the song by song, but right off the bat, Eddie's voice is fucking perfect the whole show. Right. His pitch, his tone, the emotive quality in his voice, like he is in. And even at the end, if you watched through the credits, he says, uh, it didn't feel like a TV show at all or, or something to that effect. And right. you can tell because I think that's why it's one of the most iconic um, performances is because they weren't, it, I don't know, it didn't feel put on. It didn't feel unnatural. Um, so much of that is what defined Eddie as a icon, I feel like, for a long yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, he's wearing that jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, the corduroy jacket, the corduroy that everyone then wanted. Yeah. Um, and dude, his hair, I mean, his hair, t- they're all young his hat off yeah. at one point, And he's just that, that like long flowing early nineties hair. I mean, just holy a beautiful shit. mane. Yes, dude. I fucking, whoo, I fell in love that night. <laughs> <laughs> dude, if I was a chick, I'd be in love with Eddie. Vedder. Yeah. I'm not a chick, and I was in love. Yeah, dude. I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, well, there's one part. What is it? Uh, I think I wrote it down here. Uh, this this made me laugh that I even wrote this. Oh, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Um, he says at right after oceans, he's like a love song written about my surfboard. Yeah, but then he like. <laughs> Like giggles, yeah. like a nervous giggle. Yeah. And I wrote that down, and then I wrote swoon with, like, four <laughs> O's. Because, dude, the, the look on his face, that, like, he's all serious, and then he, like, <laughs> Yeah. A little love song I wrote about my surfboard. <laughs> Just talk like, about, like, I'm in love. I'm in love with a man for the first time in my life at 17. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the, the sexual musk and power you must be carrying around to take a totally straight guy and ma- make him yes. make him think f- yeah. for a second like ah, maybe ah. I mean hey um, how yeah. you doing I mean there's it's just one of those performances that you see and the songs are already great songs right yeah but then you have these amazing performances and and then you have I, I think it's p- part of what Eddie went through is that he became kind of like a sex symbol yeah, because he's. I mean, he's a super good looking dude. Yeah, you know, um, he's and dude, a fit he's, surfer. He's, yeah, he's kind of jacked. Like a couple times when he's grabbing the mic. Yeah, I was like, God yeah, damn, he you got some that, biceps, dude. Yeah, he takes that jacket off and uh, he's kind of got some short sleeves, and you're like, oh man, like man. <laughs> now that we've totally gone gay for Eddie Vedder, um, circa 1992. Yes, um, but I think another big part of this whole performance that I. I don't know that I realized until, um, I mean, I know this performance back and forth, but yeah, um, without rewatching it. But I went ahead and while I was making notes, just put it on on YouTube while I was doing stuff, mm-hmm. and it kind of hit me that because we know, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, we know wh- what happened, right? And w- why Dave was kicked out of the band and. What's beautiful about this performance, too, is that they're all in a good mood. Mm-hmm. They all seem like, you know, they're on the same page. There's a really good vibe to it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They just seem happy. And yeah. they seem happy with each other. And yeah. they haven't hit that point of fame yet that really kind of destroyed um, 
you know, their perspective on things. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure right before this, like within days, they had been in Europe. Touring. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. they kind of just came back to do this. And it was funny because at one point, there's the whole crowd is like shouting like crazy, yeah. like Freebird, like that kind of shit. But they're, they're shouting like Garden and yeah. saying all these stuff. And Eddie says, like, oh, they know our songs. Like, at least they know our songs. Right. You know, and uh, kind of like you were just saying, like, I don't think they realized how big they had become probably in the States. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, they literally had just come back from Europe. You're right. And, I th- you know, it's now I'm not saying <laughs> I, obviously I've never done MTV Unplugged, but as a touring musician, I did a lot of things similar to that. And it's always struck me funny that it, how shitty the guitars are that, <laughs> that Mike and Stone are playing. Yeah. Like they're just playing like Takaminis and Washburns. And not that those companies can't make really good guitars, but they're kind of known as like the intermediate level kind of, okay, you're definitely going to keep playing, but maybe not, you know, maybe you don't need a $2,000 guitar. So yeah. get a Takamini or get a, a Washburn, well, you know? I think I was reading an article and I think it was Mike was saying that this the it was kind of a nightmare from the beginning because the stuff that they asked for that they didn't even get the stuff here I, I got it right here we ordered some specific equipment and they gave us pretty shitty stuff yep I wanted to get a Martin some yep. nice guitars but when you rent equipment you don't know what you're getting Jeff ordered some specific bases and they didn't appear um, I was going to ask you about this maybe you can kind of go into this let me read this real quick yeah. Um, the acoustic guitar I played had really high action, so it was totally impossible to do leads. You could tell he was fighting it. Yeah. Um, Stone said that he was okay. Um, yeah, he had, looked pretty comfortable over there sitting in that, sitting on his stool. Yeah, he's just chill the whole time. Mike is, like, grooving. You know, they yeah. keep, like, cutting to him, and he's just, like, grooving along. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I guess it says he, instead of a Chet Atkins steel string guitar, mm-hmm. there was a classical one. Who said that? This is Stone saying. Okay, yeah. But then he said it turned out fine. I ended up getting a Chet Atkins steel string, yeah. which which played great. Yeah. Um, in those kinds of situations, you just have to deal with the hand you're dealt. Yep. So. Well, that's one of the things I was about to say is like being in similar situations where you have to you know, you're out on the road and you don't have all of your gear and you're playing for an artist that I, I did being a guitar player. I was always asked to do, um, like, you know, you'd spend, you'd be out on tour and then you'd spend a week in New York or in LA and you're doing morning shows on radio, TV, morning shows, um, that kind of stuff. And you do it's rental gear and you don't know what you're going to get. And you just kind of have to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even Plus, though you're on national. I mean, in 1992, they weren't Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? No, so... but but if you're doing an MTV show and, and you're calling a rental company, because um, I even know, like, you know, there's, there's rehearsal spaces that you can also use as, I did this a lot, actually, um, in places like Nashville, New York, L.A., um, probably Austin, even though I've never been to like, there's places, uh, a company called SIR and they yeah. have really nice rehearsal spaces. So right. if you're playing with like a legitimate artist and you're rehearsing for tour, 
that's where you go rehearse. And uh, they have really big rooms. So if you're doing, like, if I'd be on an amphitheater tour or, like, an arena tour or whatever it was, it's this huge room, and you actually do, like, production rehearsals in there, right? Uh, where the lighting guy is there, all the productions are there, and you're running through everything to make sure, sure you're cool before you go out on the road, right? Yeah. But those companies also rent gear. Um and I just wonder where they rented from because if it was somewhere like SIR, you can actually get really good shit. Yeah. Really easily. But I'm saying that if I'm saying that if some little band that just came out a year ago called them, they might not give a shit as much as if Led Zeppelin's management called and said, We're coming to town. Does oh, yeah. that make maybe, sense? Maybe, yeah. So maybe that's why they didn't get the exact stuff that they were, you know, sure. asking for. I think it just depends on more where they tried to rent from. I guess yeah. is my point. Like, yeah. I feel like a company like SIR is good. Um, even if they don't know who you are, they're still going to do their job. Right. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> is that a plug? Are you trying to get a deal or something? No, <laughs> no. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, those Takaminis and Washburns kind of cracked me up. Um, cause they sound so thin Number one. Number two, it's a funny relationship because, you know, you watch like Nirvana Unplugged and all these other things, um, especially with a band like Pearl Jam that can get so loud. And Dave is such a hard hitter on the drums and he's playing with sticks. He's not playing with brushes. He's not playing right. with bundles. He's playing with sticks. And then yeah. the, the <clears throat> let me dude, ask you something about that. What's that? Well, let me ask you something about yeah. Dave specifically. Do you when you listen to it? <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> When you listen to the the unplugged show, is does are the what do you think overall about like the mix of the drums and the guitars and specifically the drums? Are they too loud? Are they just right? Is what do you think as a you know you've got that producer ear? Well, I think it goes into the guitar conversation in the sense that like if I if I've not engineered and produced something, but someone's asked me to mix something, like you never know what you're gonna get, right? You never mm -hmm. know what the problems are. Um, and so you have to make a mix, mix work with the problems. Does that make sense? Yes. And those guitars sound like shit. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. Luckily, it's an amazing performance, so you don't care. Right. But I think there must have been a kind of decision where you can't have the guitars up loud because there's no mics on the acoustics. It's just a DI. And normally what you would do is in that kind of setting, you would have you would have a DI. You know, you'd have you'd be plugged into the guitar, but then you'd also have a mic. Real quick. Yeah. What's a DI? Oh, sorry. Uh, when you see people with acoustic guitars and they plug a guitar cable in to mm -hmm. the guitar. Yeah. Right. There's like a mechanism inside and there's different kinds there. Sometimes they are literally just pickups. Sometimes they're little microphones that are kind okay. of installed into the, the body of the acoustic. Right. And then that channels out through a DI box uh, to the front of house guy. And that's how it comes out of the speakers. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so they're shitty guitars. They sound really thin. And normally you would blend the... Obviously, there's going to be tons of bleed. You're going to hear everyone else in the mic, but you blend that with the DI signal and you get a much better sound, right? But they didn't do that. So I, I think they relied a lot on bass, drums, and vocal to kind of carry everything. Right. And then just kind of mix the guitars in 
where you definitely hear them. I mean, they're definitely there. Oh, yeah. But there's not a lot of definition. Uh, definition is not the right word. Um, they're just so thin and tinny that you had to, you have, I, I would think if I mixed it, you have to watch how loud you put them up there. What about from the drums perspective? Are they I too think they loud? sound great. They sound great? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Don. He says they sound shitty? <laughs> yeah. He says they're too loud and it ruins the show for him. I think that they lucked out in that. I get what he's saying. I think they lucked out that it was an unplugged, that was such an energetic performance. Yeah. And, you know, drums drive the dynamics, drums and vocals, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's why it worked, is that he was he was playing all his normal live parts. He just wasn't hitting as hard. Right. But, but if you go through that era where he's touring with them, oh, he God, doesn't it's... hold anything back as far right. as what he's playing. He just yeah. doesn't play it as loud. Um, that's, I, but see, as me, as, as, as uh, a drummer... I love it. I love the sound of those drums. Yeah. And his performance is fucking insane. Yep. So. I mean, those cymbals are pretty heavy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because he uses a lot of cymbals. Yeah. Um, He tends to go for cymbals for drum fills instead of toms a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Um, Oh, especially on this, too. I mean, he's all over those cymbals. Yeah. And the hi-hats, they're open. They're closed. He's, you know. Yep little splashes here and there it's nuts like i said if you take that performance of jeremy and watch what he plays on drums and then take a live performance of a video clip where he is like in a amphitheater he's playing the same parts he didn't change anything yeah so but i don't know i think it's just one of those you can nitpick things which i've done because that's what i do but yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's like it, it doesn't matter because the songs are great and the performance is amazing. Yeah. And the direction, I think, of the Unplugged is great. Yeah. The way the way they cut to different people at different times, they definitely rehearsed mm-hmm. um, as far as the camera direction. Right. I think all that stuff was really good. And then yeah. Eddie, I, I think that's the performance that kind of really like launched him. Because I remember yeah. people at school talking about him. We'll get into it, but writing is on on his arm and right. standing up on the stool and yeah. and Jeff getting up on the kick drum on one song and all that kind of shit. Yeah, so. like you said about them being like so comfortable with each other. I mean, even Eddie was like hitting cymbals, yeah. crash cymbals with his with the mic stand. Yeah, so you know, it, I think that was just a really great time for yeah. those guys. But then if you fast forward, not too much further into uh some snl shit that's online as far as dress rehearsal and shit like that um they all look like they're fucking miserable yeah especially eddie he's not talking to anybody he's just standing there sound checking not for you like and he sounds great but there's no there's no vibe there anyway i just thought that was interesting that they actually looked happy on this one (laughs) um all right so let's get into it oceans yes I mean, Dave Abrazis killed it, <coughs> I think, on that song with the yeah. tom work. He replaced kind of the the studio shit that they used for the recording. I think he pulled it off really well. Yeah. Eddie's yeah, voice floor, is fucking those on. Those floor toms, I mean, I don't know. It's – Dave, I mean – Dave is all over this thing. And if, you know, I was thinking about Janan and Kate and some of the people that listen to this that are kind of younger. Right. They might not even know about fucking Unplugged, dude. Like, could, well, could I you hope imagine? That, I hope that this changes that. Yeah. Do you guys, 
you guys have to check out Unplugged. It's on it's on YouTube. I mean, it's if you're it's a new quick. Pearl Jam fan, this is yes. like critical. Yeah, must watch. Yeah, must it's view. it's just incredible performance. And if I could, I, I mean, it's kind of like I said, like Oceans. Like I never heard, I never heard this version of Oceans till six or seven years ago. Yeah, and it blew my fucking mind because it was like this is new unplugged material. So I couldn't imagine right now going back and being like, oh, what's this? <laughs> and then yeah, getting, right. Getting to hear unplugged for the first time again. Your head explodes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And to open with oceans is just, it's incredible. And it's funny because Eddie was so shy in the beginning and he starts singing and he's two separate people. He's totally intense and into it. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, he's like giggling nervously in between the songs and he's got that like shy smile on his face. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, but man, when he starts singing, he's just a monster. Yeah. Dude, he's, he looks like possessed. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and as, the, as the show goes on, he, he gets, gets more and more loose, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's the slow burn to yeah. porch, you know? Um, yeah. I can't say enough about that particular performance. The ocean. I can't either. Come um, at me. This, this version is the greatest piece of recorded music. Ever. That's a bold statement, my friend. <laughs> You're going to be hearing from some people. No, and I know Stairway one of heaven? them is going to be Clint nope. Wells. What? I said, I know one of the people you're going to be hearing from is Clint Wells. Oh, he doesn't like that song? No, no, no. He loves it. But you just oh. said the greatest. It is. What? Come at me, Clint. What do you got? Uh, well, let's just, I don't Kiss? know. Let's go with Beatles. Let's go with, uh, I, I don't know. There's Kiss? a lot of. I if think he it's comes amazing. out with me with Kiss, then we're done. What's that? I said if he comes at me with some Kiss, <laughs> we're done. Don't even, don't even. Oh, I can't waste wait to hear what happens tapping. next. <laughs> um, we just started. We, uh, uh, we just started a. Uh, what do they call it in the rap world? Oh, my brain is so beef. Gone. We're beefing. Yeah, we're beefing, dude. <laughs> we're fucking beefing with Clint. He's innocent bystander. And we just bow, 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 bow. <laughs> just drive by. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to State of Love and Trust. Yes. Has <laughs> I, <laughs> always been one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. Yeah, dude. Anytime they do a non-studio you know, studio album cut, I get, like, excited. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, I don't, I've always loved, I mean, a lot, most people do, but I just love, I love, like, oh, I know this song. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So. I mean, I think that this performance... Too, once I got a hold of it, um, because this this wasn't aired. Um, I think it was, wasn't it? Was it? See. I don't even remember anymore, dude. Yeah, it was. It was? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's how I had it on VHS then. Um, but they, the aired version, they they fucking did it all weird. Like, the, the it didn't... The songs they played, the way they played them... Like the sequence, yeah, it's not the aired order. version was completely just of clusterfuck compared yeah. to the set list. Yeah, well, because there's but, like, you know, if you were making a movie, there's continuity. Yeah, like I can't remember. It's like there's one song. I feel like his jacket was off and then it was back on. It's and... even when they're playing even flow. <clears throat> he's got his jacket on. Mm-hmm. But you could see the exclamation points from the pro-choice. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But they, that's what it that, was. That aired. That was the first song, right? On TV, right? And porch was like the last song, right? But even flow was like the encore after porch, right? 
anyway, trying to yeah, sure. get technical here. Getting nerdy over anyway, here. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, so state of love and trust. I, I think it's funny if you watch, like, Eddie keeps, like, looking over his shoulder. Uh-huh. Like leaning and kind of looking over his shoulder towards, I don't know if he's looking at Stone or if he's looking at somebody in the audience or kind of backstage. You yeah, know I don't I mean? know. But he does it two or three times. and During the song? Well, or during the whole, whole the whole show, but but during State, for sure, he does it. I don't know if I've actually noticed that, actually. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, like I said, one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. I think I, I this performance helped me figure out um, the guitar part and the verses. Oh, really? Because I could like look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we didn't have YouTube and shit like that back then. I, I had to right. learn guitar by ear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, I think I've told you before. I mean, I I studied Dave on this. I would just sit down with the drums and the remote and just watch it and rewind it and rewatch it. You just him, just yeah. his parts. So my eyes would be like darting all over the screen, <laughs> to, trying to find him. Yeah, when yeah. The, the cameras would 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 change the different cameras angles, I'd be like, "Oh, he's over there now." Sure. So, um, hold on, I just heard a noise. Oh, that's weird. Because we're not. This is a Saturday. We're not open. All right. Well, hopefully someone's not here to kill me. <laughs> um, you know who it is? Who? That email we got about our address. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. I did give the studio address. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Um, all right. Let's move on. So, alive. Alive. Fuck yeah. Dude, this is really when I, I mean, Oceans was like the perfect opener. State of Love and Trust is great, but I feel like this is really when they started like fucking hitting it. Yeah, was alive. It started yeah. opening up a little bit. Yeah, and this, yeah, because this is when he flips his hat off, takes his hat off, and his hair. He's got that fucking jacket. You oh, know, man. the crowd's even cheering when they get to that, uh, that, oh, that riff before the bridge. The yeah, can we talk about the the crowd? Starts just yelling, screaming. That's um, that's fine, but that motherfucker. If you're out there and you're listening, the motherfucker that whistles. Like throughout this entire fucking concert, dro- drives me crazy to this Dude, day. Dude, I didn't notice that. Oh my god! You, now you won't. Now I just ruined it for you, you because you, you won't fucking. fucking you'll you won't be able to unhear the whistler. Because this dude is like the fucking calling the dolphins or something throughout the whole show. I can't believe you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. And oh I'm afraid to listen to it now because yeah, I will you know. obsess over it. <laughs> my ready. whole life will be Dude, th- don't the whistler. Listen, just, you <laughs> yeah, you might not want to listen because it's going to ruin it for you. So just keep your memory of how great the show is, how it is now. Okay. Because. Oh, God. Because dude, of the this, whistler. Yeah. <laughs> dude, when I'm sick, I should totally do like a trailer VO. You know what I mean? Yeah. Voice over like. In a world, one band and the Whistler. Let's play two <laughs> this summer. Oh, I hate myself. That's one of the things I want to edit out, but I'm not going to because that's not fair. I, nah, dude, we're um, good. Um. Anyway, alive. Yeah, D- Dave. Dave and his open hi hats. Yeah. The, like when the song starts, it's I, dude. I just. 
I can't get over Dave on this. I know a lot of people can't stand him. Obviously, the band couldn't stand him. Right. But this performance is fucking legendary. Well, here's the thing, man. Because the drummer argument will continue as long as this podcast is going. Right. Um, And for me, I think what I've come down to is, you know, Dave used to be my favorite. Um, I don't know that I can have a favorite now. I think nostalgically, yes, he's probably my favorite because that's he's he's the one I kind of grew up with, right? For those really crucial years, yeah. Um, what the first three albums, right? Yeah, two. He oh, was well, only I, I mean, touring for ten, and then he he was yeah, a drummer for Versus. Boot- I guess you right. could include all the bootlegs, right? And then um, those other two albums, but I think. <clears throat> Looking back on it, like there was an energy there to to the, kind of their youth, not only literally as human beings, but also the band that was necessary. His kind of energy, but then I think it ran its course, yeah, even musically. I mean, and I'm so glad that Jack was next because I think Jack is what they needed. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I never thought of it that way, but it definitely is. They had the right drummer. For the right at, time. At the right time, yeah. Because Matt's, I mean, Matt's the perfect drummer right now. For now, yeah. I, and I kind of, to be like politically correct, my favorite drummer for Pearl Jam is whoever is playing with them at the time. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, nostalgic-wise, I I would pick Dave just yeah. because, like you said, I mean, that's who that's who I grew up with. That's that He was the drummer when I discovered them. He, actually, he wasn't. I mean, Dave Cruzen was, but right. I didn't know that. Sure. You know? Well, and Dave Cruzen never toured with him, so. Right. Um, I mean, it was Matt Chamberlain for a while before yeah. Aberzies came in. But, um, yeah, I just think he represents the energy of the band at that time, and then they were done. They didn't have that energy anymore, you know? Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine him on Yield. Right. They wouldn't sound right to me. Right. You know? And I couldn't imagine him on Binaural. Right. So um, it's hard. it's hard for me to say... I, th- I, I, you said it well. Whoever is the drummer at the time is my favorite Pearl Jam drummer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way it, it should work. Um, I don't know, but his yells in that song too, like his, um, his yaz before the the second solo comes in. Yeah, that solo is great. Um, he's hitting the cymbals, the the trash can ending with his mic stand. Yeah, that's just kind of when it blew up. I feel like yeah. it's amazing. Um, it's no, you know, it's funny. Mike, Mike doesn't really wear hats a lot, but he's wearing a hat, that, that I, leather or, hat. Yeah, what is that? I it's, don't know. It's he's not drunk. like a baseball. <laughs> I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm <laughs> right. saying, yeah. You know what it looks like? This, and I never noticed this until today, and I've seen this a million times. You know, uh, True Romance. Yeah, that movie. He looks like Drexel. <laughs> Right? You see it? You see it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and let's be honest. The 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 early '90s were a very confusing time for a couple years. Coming out of yeah, there's a lot of super mixed messages going on. I feel like there was a lot that kind of transition from the more flamboyant way of dressing into what Pearl Jam was a part of, style-wise in the culture of kind of dressing down and like you know what you would call skinny jeans now or or cargo pants or cargo shorts and like a t-shirt or flannel or whatever the fuck you know there was a transition there i feel like yeah. that had to happen in those first yeah, two they, years of the 90s 
<laughs> and, yeah, they caught him at yeah, a they very caught him specific bad that time. It does not age well, that hat. <laughs> um, all right, Black. I mean, what what I wrote down for my notes, um, I only have two notes for this song, and the first one is like, what do you say about this performance? I wrote the second greatest piece <laughs> of recorded music ever. You hear that, Clint? Come at me, Clint. Um, no, I mean, that's... that. That's a little exaggeration, but I, I mean, Black has always been like top two song, top three songs. It's great. And this version is fucking incredible. So, the, yeah, they hit it, um, hit the mark unbelievably. Like, yeah, and that, I feel like that was the first time, even though I was way into boots back then. I feel like that's the first time I heard him sing the the, the We Be- Belong Together outro thing. Right. Or maybe yeah. it was just the, that was the, the first time, like, it's, he does it so perfectly. And, like, you can't help but not, you have to feel that. Like, even if I wasn't sad or yearning uh, in that moment, it makes you feel that way. Yeah. You believe oh, yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think oh, that, that goes, go ahead. That goes back to in oceans. I th- is he singing Beth at the end? I think so. It, it's it doesn't sound like it, but it does sound like it. Well, I know he mentioned her a couple times in regards I, I, to this. I've heard it on on other bootlegs where it's definitely he's saying Beth, right? But in this version, it's it's kind of like a mix of something else. I'll it sounds like he does say it, it once. You what? But it does sound like he says Beth once. Yeah when he's singing that part but yeah i mean you just he i mean he's so intense over this whole thing yeah you know but especially in black you know he fucks up the lyrics at one point um he's supposed to you know the part where he says she gave me all that she was or all she wore right he says what he says in the second verse that how quick the sun can drop away yeah he says that part twice but i i think he recognized it. If you watch it, when he, when go back and, when he sings that, when he sings that part, he kind of has a look on his face, like he shakes his head no. Right. And I think he's like, he's like oh, I fucked up. Yeah. But he still, it still sounds great. Yeah, sure. But it was kind of fun. I remember like when I heard, when I realized like, did he sing that wrong? You know, 20 years ago and I would listen to it over and over and over again. And I'm like, I think he's saying the wrong part. You right. Know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, that performance and that song is so good. I don't even know what to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the, uh, Jeremy is next. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, this is a sad thing about losing MTV to the, the dregs of TV history um because it's such a piece of shit now and it became such terrible tv yeah it seems like overnight you know yeah it's like i I went from i went from being able to watch 120 minutes and headbangers ball and and uh, you know to date myself i remember 1-800 dial mtv which (laughs) was the request show right right yeah. Um, which turned into the abomination that was TRL, right? Which they're bringing back. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. Why? Why I, the fuck would you do that? Anyway, I, I can't get into it because it pisses me off. Be- <laughs> and it pisses me off because it, it, 
it was a window into all this really legitimate music and people were making legitimate <clears throat> videos at the time. It was an, an extension of the song. It was art. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like I yeah. remember Tom Petty videos. I remember Bjork. I remember Pearl Jam. I remember, I mean, I could just, I remember the tool videos just, I, yeah. Oh, I fucking loved them. You know? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. What you're saying is, is, Eddie spoke to this and said, you know, when they were making Unplugged and the other bands were, and they were kind of blowing up, that it was cool to see all these bands on MTV. Right. But then it got to the point where I think he's talking about Alice in Chains. Uh-huh. And the Alice in Chains Unplugged ends, and then it cuts to you take 50 guys and 50 girls. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, when all the reality shit yeah. really started blowing yeah. up. Because they were and, kind of, the, unfortunately, the pioneers, you know, with stuff like Real World. Right. Um, you know, people younger than us. And, and it, I'm talking <laughs> maybe even less than 10 years younger than us. Right. Don't know what Real World probably is. Yeah. And that was, that was the beginnings of reality tv which i liked it at first the first couple years new york was great san francisco was great but then it just got fucking ridiculous yeah it got scripted and yeah i was gonna say they didn't know what they were doing the first couple years so it kind of was yeah it kind of was real but then when they started doing like hardcore scripted fake scripted material it's just like this is stupid well and the point in me saying all that is that that what's so sad about it to me is that I have so many great impactful memories of, cause that was my way, the best way, the easiest way to see live performances of my favorite bands, to see yeah. their videos, to see how they represented themselves. I wasn't thinking in those terms at the time cause I was young, but I looking back, I was totally paying attention to all that because I don't know. Yeah, if you want to be a band that does the whole, like, we just make our music and that's it, that's fine. Um, I mean, Pearl Jam decided to go that route for a while. But but I think that it's also so important that that your live show is an, is an artistic representation of the music you've written. It's another way to represent it. A music video is another way to represent it. Um, and you got to see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and those things are burned in my brain, like seeing Eddie on the VMAs and on Unplugged when he does the 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 high pitch, the falsetto woos, the mm-hmm. thing on the owl thing on uh, Jeremy and him shaking his head like he's yeah. having a fucking seizure or something yeah. like you don't you, you don't get that stuff anymore, man. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just sucks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's very that's my rant. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's very corporate and just scripted bullshit yeah Yeah. um but that jeremy performance again is amazing yeah Um, well i i I wrote down two things dave's hi-hat work mm -hmm. and this i was going to ask you about jeff's bass it's a it's a hammer hammer yeah hammer yeah is it eight strings yeah what's going on with those strings it's an eight string okay just yeah, just same concept as a twelve string acoustic guitar, electric guitar. It's just uh, each string has, uh, you know, another uh, smaller string on top of it. I guess you would say um, that's an octave up from that string. 
So you tune them to the same note, but different octaves. And that's where you get that kind of a tacky, um, almost chorusy. He probably does have a chorus pedal on it, but um, sound of that Jeremy bass. I mean, there's the tone for that that song on bass is just as important as important as the part. I feel like yeah. part of why that that melody that he's written that like you know it before he finishes the first phrase. And part of that is the sound of the bass, I feel like. The, yeah, the tone of the the sound. Yeah. Not just the notes that he's playing. Yeah. I mean, he's written one of the and, most recognizable bass parts in music history, I feel like. I'll probably show my ignorance. He's not playing all eight strings separately. He's playing the two strings as one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just gives you that higher octave, like a doubling kind of sound almost. Yeah. It's a lot thicker. Um, he uses that a lot, which I I typically I don't like fretless basses and typically don't like eight string, you know, kind of octave type basses like that. But it doesn't bother me with him. He knows well, it, he, he knows how to use it on that song. What's that? It works for that song. Sure. Um, all right, we've got even flow next, which I thought the like the breakdown is really cool, but to me it's the most it's still a great performance but mm-hmm. it's the most flat performance i feel like yeah i feel like mike was struggling the thing about even flow is like part of the appeal to me is that song is like just straight up rock song sure and this this the unplugged version takes the balls out of it yeah you it sounds I mean? a little hokey a little bouncy yeah it's yeah i mean it, it's it's it would be like and this is why I think they didn't do it. Nirvana didn't do "Smells Like Teen Spirit," right? Because it would sound like Even Flow. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean unplug. It's just, it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they did this song. It's it just it's does skippable. Not work, yeah, but it's still yeah. good. I'm glad we and have it. You know what I mean? I wrote the only note I wrote was Whistler. <laughs> so, the Whistler. <laughs> the, the I wish whistler. I could whistle well. Yeah. Um, oh God. All right, cool. And then we got Porch, man. Yeah. I mean, I've got a million notes on this, which we don't have to go into all of them, but <laughs> right. we probably uh, dude, said most of them. It's so fucking intense, you know? Well, it's intense and serious and fun at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. Well, yeah. I mean, you get the silly Porch solo Eddie where he falls off the stool, right. which he obviously did on purpose. And then he's doing like Superman thing and, he's you know. planking. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what the kids call it now? Holy shit, dude. I never put that together. He's, he was the first person yes. to plank. Fuck. That should be a meme. It should be. Like Eddie well, I thought Vedder. about making it a meme. I'm not you should lying. have. Because now it's too late. Yeah, it but is. But planking before planking. Holy shit. He did it, man. He's a, he's a goddamn <laughs> pioneer. You know what's funny about it? Um, when he comes back to the microphone and he's standing, he doesn't go on the stool. Yeah. He's doing the, I don't know what to do with my hands. If you watch that, yeah, he's got them in his pocket. He's holding like his belt buckle. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, I was laughing so hard because it's like. Well, I think part of it is that, that that is usually his moment where he's literally 70 feet in the air in a rafter. Right, right. And he just yeah. didn't have anything to do. And he yeah. probably didn't know what to do with himself, yeah. literally, you know. He finally he finally does put his hands on the microphone. But for the first part, I'm just like, 
I'm thinking about Will Ferrell. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'll put them on my pockets. Well, I'll put them on my hip. It's just like this one moment where he didn't know what to do. So yeah. I thought that was funny. Well, then, of course, he makes the pro-choice statement, you know? Right. It's like, yeah. I think, I think that's still not necessarily that subject, but I think it's still relevant that he's always been outspoken about uh, culture and what he believes and um, without being, I don't think he's really an asshole about it most of the time. No, I I think he has always had a keen sense of knowing that he, he's got an audience and he's going to make a great use of it and not just get up there and sing. He knows he has a platform, but at the same time, he's not like getting up on a soapbox and screaming this shit. He's writing it on his arm. Right. You know what I mean? And that's it. And that's it. Well, and- it just made me think a lot too. like it, watch rewatching it today. Like it just made me think about, I think that's one of the purposes of art, not all the time, but you know, art, and sports even have been crucial parts of cultural change, you know, like mm-hmm. music and and sports were a huge part of the civil rights movement in a sense. You know what I mean? You had black and white people playing in bands together. You yeah. had, you know what I mean? That kind yeah. of shit. And I, it drives me crazy when people say, you know, just play your songs don't yeah. don't get into all that shit or right. just play the sport or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, you know what? These people aren't harming anyone. They have an audience and they they feel passionately about something, so they're going to say it. And don't tell people to shut up when it's okay for the president of the United States to say grab them by the you know what yeah. or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> Sorry to get political, but it's Pearl Jam so it's going to happen. You know, like, that's okay, but, oh, God, I'm not going to get into it too deep. It just fucking drives me crazy. (laughs) I just, yeah, I don't get it. I agree with you, dude. Uh, I'm done. Do we just lose half of our listener base? Well, I hope not. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to push anything on anyone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I mean, it's a good point that you bring up, but because we've never really cut that out cut that out gotten into it before but (laughs) that is how i feel and it's not about the particular belief it's about (sighs) that's what this country's built on is being able to have the freedom to say what you think yeah totally and to cause conversation and to cause change and And well, that's what I'm saying though. He did. He doesn't get up there and scream at people. You know, he's pretty calm about his he's beliefs. He's calm yet. Uh, what's the word for it? Really steadfast in what? Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's not fucking around. Right. But he's not being a dick. You know. Yeah. Oh God! I'm like my my heart is racing. <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. Just yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a pretty frustrated human being right now with with certain the things that's going on in the world. State so. of politics? Huh? The, the current state of politics? Yeah. Well, and the funny yeah. thing is I was I was kind of, I don't know. I didn't think it was in a good place before all this happened. So, right. 
Uh, yeah. Now it's like tri- worse. triple worse. Yeah. Um. Anyway, man. But I do love to bring it back to Pearl Jam. I love moments like that, and it's another one of those moments that was provided by a music channel on TV that you know kids at school were talking about the next day. Yeah. Um. Which I think is important. You know, it's like you have to think about it. He he sticks it in your face without rubbing it in your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. You can't yes. ignore See, it. You know. That's what I was trying to say right. a minute ago. Um, anyway, we've probably gone on too long about all this stuff, but, um, I do like at the end, again, going back to them having fun, it seems like, like when you watch the end and they're doing the trash can ending of porch and Eddie is kind of like running around and he goes and, you know, stone's got two guitars that he's switching back and forth from. And there's one on the stand. He grabs it and he raises over his head. Like he's going to smash it. He kind of looks at stone like, (laughs) ah, of course, Stan's just sitting there like motherfucker, don't you? (laughs) Or he's probably going. It's a rental. It's a piece of shit. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And that little feedback, because he drops his mic right onto the monitor. Yeah, it's faced right in the monitor. He kicks yeah. it. Yeah. It's just like, it's fucking rock and roll. Yeah. And then is it Jeff that fucking whips his guitar to like backstage guys? That is so fucking <laughs> rock and roll. Yes. And Dave fucking hits the cymbal when the dude catches it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's his guitar tech. Jeff, yeah. Jeff chunks his bass to him. It's yeah. so good, man. I yeah. love Jeff. All those dudes are such badasses, man. Yeah. <sighs> um. Well, I don't have anything else. Um. The only thing the they did play, um, rocking in the That's free true. world. They kind of teased it. No, they played it. They played the whole it, thing. Yeah, it never aired. It's on YouTube. There's like there's. Um, the TV version is 36 minutes, but there's a 51 minute version okay. that has uh, "Rockin' in the Free World." Oh yeah, I've seen that. I think I, I just think... typically always listen to the 36 minute. Version. Yeah, yeah. They it's 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 weird, dude. Not to nerd out again on the set list, but the the aired version is totally different. Yeah, you know. But they ended the set list, the regular set with Porch, and then I think what I think. Like you see them say goodbye and the thing about it didn't feel like a TV show. I think that they came back on stage and did even I'm flow sure. and rocking in the free world uh, because yeah. we know even flow was after porch. Right. And we also know that porch is like, they ended the show with porch. Right. So I'm pretty sure Evenflow was like a like an encore. Well, they actually had a crowd that was way into them, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. That they would want to come back, you know. Yeah, that's what for I'm that saying. crowd. So, and some of those kids, man, it's kind of funny looking. You know, you talk about the early '90s. Some of those kids in the background just look like they don't look like what you would think of as like a grunge fan, right? You know, there's a lot of that. Like, well, it was uh, so new to people. Yeah, you know yeah, that's true too. Yeah, it's like people hadn't figured out how to. I mean, I, I had to figure it. Like, I remember, like it drastically changed the. I was one of those kids, man, wearing yeah. metal t-shirts, grunge t-shirts. I had a flannel, a red, like almost lumberjack, like flannel jacket, and my boots and my jeans. Doc Martens. Uh, I had some Docs at one point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I told, and it, but it, the thing was, it was great. It felt totally, and I didn't feel like playing dress up. I felt right. like totally comfortable you were that wearing kid. that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was totally that kid. I've always been rock t-shirt 
shorts, vans. Yeah. No, I always got vans, man. Um, all right, cool, dude. We did it. Yeah. I, I got my blood pressure up on this one. Yeah, dude. Man. <laughs> That's good. It's all the, Getting all the, fired the, up. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I do have a lot of emotional connections to this, this performance. So It's amazing, dude. It's fucking amazing. I, t- I, I used to drive to see my girlfriend now wife and i it was about 45 to a minute to an hour depending on traffic to go see her mm-hmm. and i had a tape and one side was unplugged and the other side was the stone demos oh hell yeah <clears throat> and i would i would sing along to both like the stone demos is like there's no it's like karaoke versions right so i would be singing my ass off hell yeah dude and then you know on the way home I'd be singing my ass off to Unplugged. So, dude, Unplugged is one of the things that really kindled my obsession for playing. And I had no concept of like doing it for a living. I was just like, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, like it was like I can't even describe that feeling. It's just and, in your gut, you know. <clears throat> do you? Uh, where do you place this in Unplugged episodes? So, like top five, top ten. Oh man, I'd have to go back through. Oh, definitely top five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was a bigger. I don't know if I was bigger at Pearl Jam. Yeah, I was a bigger Pearl Jam fan than Nirvana at the time. Yeah, <clears throat> I was a huge Alice in Chains fan. Um, so I think just by well, that, default, I loved those. Yeah, that's to me though. That was that's like the top three greatest unplugged is is Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and, and Alice in Chains. The the only thing. That sucks is like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a curse and it's a blessing at the same time because like unplugged was kind of new and Pearl Jam was kind of new. It's, it's seven songs and they're out. Right. And when Nirvana did it, they were a a few years into, you know, their uh, popularity and same thing with Alice in Chains. So they had like way more time to map out a full set list. Right. But. At the same time, I mean, six of these seven songs are fucking incredible well, versions. Yeah, I love so, it. It's just like fucking burning nitro with, yeah, with, it's just with like the a really jam. good EP, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I prefer <clears throat> leaving something wanting more rather than oh, yeah. being, being like, oh, I want to skip these songs, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. nothing on here I really, would really skip, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, tell us what you guys think. We want to hear from you. Um, email us at singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. We've also got uh, Instagram at singlepodcasttheory, Twitter at Pearl Jam Podcast. We've got Facebook. We've got YouTube. Uh, we're on the forum, the official Pearl Jam forum. We're on Reddit, all that kind of stuff. So we want to hear from you. Thanks for everyone that's listening and everyone that's written in. What do you think, Brad? We done? Yeah. I think I think we covered unplugged. We did it, dude. Pretty good. Yeah. Episode number yeah, ten. I, We're in the double I, digits, bro. Yeah, the ten episode. We should have saved <clears> ten <throat> I didn't even for think about that. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> I, I just want to thank everybody for listening. This is just uh, when we check our numbers. It's it's, it's pretty. Un- it's so fucking cool. awesome that the numbers are growing. It's kind of like a. What do you call it? Exponentially? Is that yeah, the right it keeps, word? It keeps happening, man. I mean, and hey, I, <laughs> whoever you are out there that checked out the introduction pod, that's awesome because that thing was 
the thing was dead. Our least listened to Our, episode, and then last it Thursday jumped. it was just like it's the second highest. I know it's crazy. So and uh, shout out to Libertyville. I see you. Yeah, man. So. Um, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and thanks to everyone that I know. Part of this has to be word of mouth, part of the growth. So thank you to anyone that has. Um, kind of recommended us to, uh, to your friends that are Pearl Jam fans that are now listening. So we really appreciate yeah. it. And I, I talked to my mom today and she asked me again, so how's the iPod working out? She's talking <laughs> about the it. show. <laughs> oh, mom. So. God. All right. Well, on that note, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Thanks everyone Thanks, for listening. Ooh. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. We'll see you soon. Peace. I said no. I'm dead. Ah, that was high. Fuck yeah. Woo! And the rest of you guys. Oh, by the way, this was MTV and we were unplugged. Um, and they're really gonna unplug us now, so we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>